Welcome to the AJ Brown Show, where we talk about all things investing, options trading, and the like. Now here's your host, AJ, whose primary mission in life is to help you become a better investor. And we're live. Welcome back, everyone, to the AJ Brown Show. My name is Cyprian Francis, and I'm joined, as always, by the one, the only, the guy we named the show after, AJ Brown. Good morning. Hey. Hey, Cyprian. Glad to be here. Glad to spend another morning with you. Uh, It's October 22nd. And the first thing that I wanted to do was to jump into an article that I saw this morning in regards to something we talked about last week, which was the Mattel trade and setup. And so on the surface, um, we know that we're going into the holiday season. Mattel sales are probably going to go up. Not sure if that's what's driving this 10% increase in October, but it makes sense. And so I just wanted to jump in and see what you your thoughts were on the position, what you might have done since the last uh, live stream, and where we're going from here. Fantastic. Well, you know, we've been monitoring Mattel. If you take a look at my chart over here, we've been monitoring Mattel over the last months. And we know that Mattel is on a slight downtrend. We look over months, not just in a one period, right? This uh, article was written for the month of October. So they took this low from uh, Mattel and they've been following it up, but they kind of skipped over all this information that's been happening here, right? So they're analyzing a short duration trend and kind of missing what's happening in the long duration. We're going to be sticking to what we defined as our levels of resistance and support. And interestingly enough, SIP, take a look at what's happening today. Yeah, I'm watching it in real time here as the price started up here at our line of resistance and sellers are just taking an approach, right? Notice we had our earnings season uh, release and that's going to have more power than any news article or any talking head. And this is some of the advice I always give my investors. Don't really give too much credibility to the talking heads out there. Really pay attention to your volumes and your prices because that's going to tell you and the trends, that's going to tell you the truth about what's really happening. So yeah, if you take a look at this low that happened in the beginning of October, and you take a look at it, you know, just looking at the tip of your nose and not going much far after it, you'd say, yeah, Mattel is on a run. But we know that there's that level of descending resistance up here. We've been seeing that resistance tested over and over over the last six months. We're still in this medium to long duration slight downtrend we haven't actually done anything we're looking for the next best opportunity to sell our put premium now if this thing did start to go ahead and shoot up i mean we're going to let our protective call just profit 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 that's the purpose of having our protective call however and somebody actually sent in a message sip and they were like why would you spend so much money on that protective call for this exact reason, if Mattel does shoot up ahead of the holiday season, uh, that protective call is going to go ahead and do us some good. But if it doesn't, if it starts to reverse down like it's showing that it is, we'll get rid of our protective call now, roll it out to the next protective call and just look for our next opportunity to collect an income. So these positions will just grow with us. But in all honesty, Mattel's doing exactly what we expected it to do, which is to bounce off this level of resistance. 
and so my question is your strategy doesn't necessarily need this spike that we're seeing today, right? This is just absolutely a not. Okay. Absolutely not. It will profit on that spike. That's that protective put that that person who sent in the message to us was asking about. That's the I'm, I'm sorry. I, in this case, it's a protective call. That's that protective call we're talking about. That's to to take advantage of that spike if it happens. But if it doesn't happen, the position in its ideal situation just starts generating income every 30 days, right? Every time there's an options expiration. Like I said last week in episode two, we love the third Friday of every month. That's when options expire. That's when we get to collect our premiums and go on to the next month. And so that was last Friday. So this Friday means we have two more weeks left till the next expiration. Is that right? Let's or take a look. On, right? the, on the monthly. It's on the monthly. So, of course, weeklies expire every week. But if we take a look at our calendar here, uh, the next third Friday of November is November 19th. So that's our next big payday, November 19th. I think that's about three weeks away. All right. So how long are we going to be keeping an eye on this Mattel trade? Well, what we're going to do here right now is we've got our protective call in place, and that's because the underlying symbol, just like that news article writer uh, wrote, is going towards where we have shorted some position up here, right? And so it's when, when the underlying symbol is going against us, we keep our protection in place. When the underlying symbol peaks out and starts heading back down, we're going to go ahead and liquidate that protective, put just like a stop loss order in place to the top side and allow that put to appreciate, put, appreciate. We've got a back month put in place here. Appreciate, appreciate. And then once it bottoms out, we're going to go ahead and sell next month's premium. So that could happen in the next couple of days. Maybe it could happen as much as a week or so, but we're just going to be patient. I mean, check in with it every evening, see where it's at, see how it's feeling and, and make a trade the next day. No pressure. If we miss it by a day or two, it's not going to make a big difference to our bottom line because it's just time passing by that we profit on. Yeah. And then so would we want to potentially be out of the position by the next uh, options expiration? Is that something that you would want to strive for? No, actually, I want to keep this position as long as possible. The longer I keep this position, this back month put that I'm in will just keep profiting while I collect premiums every month. So I actually want to let that put, if I can have this position last a year or longer, man, that would be awesome. Ideally, our positions last anywhere from about four months all the way up to eight or nine months. But Man, the longer the better because that's just less stress on me, right? I yeah. just check in on this one position, collect my paychecks every third Friday of the month, and and it's pretty straightforward. All right, so then we've got Mattel on the books. It's it's doing its thing. We're keeping an eye on it. Um, but we are, I mean, are we in the midst? Can we say we're in the midst of earnings season? Because Earnings have started to roll in. And, and so is that I, the is that the little blimp that you have there on the chart? Is that how you're kind of keeping track? Yes, yes, yes. This is earnings on Mattel, and we're going to be featuring a symbol a little bit later this uh, this uh, morning here called American Airlines, and they're having their earnings as well. So a lot of different companies are reporting earnings. We're in our fall earnings season here, and a lot of people ask me about earnings and selling 
selling option premium and you know what should we do about it and and i got a little little two cents for you on that if you want to go into that topic yeah i mean i was just going to bring up the fact that we are in earnings season um and wanting to know maybe how your strategy in general plays into earnings season but then going into this american example which is just from the you know, look of it, it seems like a very similar setup to what we were looking at with Mattel with the, well, you got the channel and then you're just kind of bracketing the trade. That's exactly what it is. I got the channel and I'm just bracketing the trade. In fact, you can kind of see what's happening here, but let's talk a little bit about earnings. And so it, you know, when, when we get into a premium trade, we want to make sure that you know, things say stable and earnings oftentimes is the opposite of that. And so sometimes it makes the best uh, decision that before earnings, we cash out of our premium selling position so that earnings can go by, be as volatile as it has to be. And then once it's back to some stability, we get back in. And one of the ways that uh, I, I look at it is I'll pull up a two-year chart and I'll have earnings being recorded on the two-year chart. And I'm going to look back, especially at the same earnings, you know, fall earnings from last year, you know, especially anything around dividends. You can see that on my chart here. I've also got dividends. You can see American Airlines stopped giving out dividends uh, after last year sometime. But um, I like to see how has this symbol traditionally weathered earnings season because if you think about a symbol's price what you really got to think about is investors who are investing in that because it's really kind of if you think about it on a, a psychological level sip it's the um you know manifestation of a whole bunch of people getting together and doing groupthink, right and so how do these, you know, people who invest in American Airlines, the people who want to, you know, who are in there for the long term, how do they treat earnings? And so I'm looking at the last eight ones. And for American Airlines, they kind of blow earnings off, right? Every time I look at earnings, it's like it's just another day in the neighborhood. If I take a look at Mattel, same sort of thing, although around this October season, it looks like earnings season on Mattel gets a little bit spiky, right? And that would make sense because Mattel, like you mentioned earlier, is a toy company and the holiday season is when they make all their money. So they get a little bit spiky, but then every other earnings season, it's like, hey, another day in the neighborhood. And so I often use that kind of intel just by looking at a simple chart around earnings season the last couple of years. I use that sort of intel to drive my decision on whether I want to do a premium trade through earnings season or whether I'd rather cash out. But if I have any sort of you know, confidence issues, I'll cash out and come back in the next day after all the uh, dust is settled. Yeah, the one thing that I always found unique about earnings is today is the day of earnings, but we're talking about everything we did in the last three months Right. And then whenever they whenever investors look at an earnings call or earnings report, they're looking for the information of what's happening in the next three months. So there's a lot of confusing, conflicting information. And whoever, you know, disseminates it with the biggest, 
you know, bankroll usually tends to move the stock that day. It's true. And, you know, when I first started trading back in the late 90s, earnings had a lot more significance than it does now. I mean, the price of stock symbols and even the ETFs that are, you know, baskets of those symbols are so separate from what the uh, actual companies are doing. You know, a lot of times, unless there is a surprise that investors didn't expect, which is very rare these days, unless there's a surprise, earnings has become one of those things where it just comes and goes. So what we're really looking for is surprises, not bottom line changes or anything like that. Um, when it comes to premium, you know, we sell the premium. And as you mentioned, take a look here at uh, American Airlines. I bracket the trade. And both sides of the bracket mean profit. So by bracketing the trade, I can have a spike. The only thing that bums me out is if it spikes and my protected protections go in place on either one of these yellow lines, then what that means is my trade ends. And like I said, I like my trades to last, not because I make less or more money, but because I'm lazy. All right, so do we want to do we want to go over this American Airlines example since yeah, since we're let's since do we're it. in here? Let's do it. So, I watch American Airlines. I've been uh selling premium against American Airlines for what, 15, 18 years. Um they go through these periods as we can see here where all of a sudden they start going sideways, people get bored with the symbol. And uh, that's the best time for us, right? We love those boring symbols. And so just, um, you can see right here, just a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, on um, September 15th, I purchased some American Airlines stock. I paid $19.20, right? And I just waited patiently because I knew that there was this overhead line of resistance. And as it flirted with that overhead line of resistance, I went ahead and did what I always do. I sold an option. I sold the October 22 call. I made 50 cents back, right? That counted as kind of a little paycheck, a little instant dividend. And that's that coupon that's going to expire away with time. And so you can see here with this white line, it dropped my price of American Airlines down to this level right here. That's how much it was worth then. But then I went ahead and I said, I want some protection. And so you can see here, I put some protection to the downside. I bought a January 2022 $18 call. I paid 90 cents, which you might say that, why did he pay so much for that protection? That raises my cost basis up to this line here. It's because I knew that American Airlines would continue to go down and that protective option, I could roll it out. If I rolled it out today, I'd be in the money big time. I'd be at American Airlines for $18.65. If I wanted to, I could cash out of American Airlines at a huge profit, but I'm going to keep it going, right? I collected that 50 cents. I collected an additional frosting on the cake by rolling out that protection when I didn't need it. I'm just going to keep doing that every month while watching American Airlines do whatever it does. And so we want this to continue to go down. We want this to turn back up or we want it to just stay in the bracket. Yes. So that's what we want. Yeah. If it stays in the bracket, that means we collect our premiums every month, right? That's cool. Yeah. We like that. If it goes up, 
then fine, we're going to hit our max profit. If it goes up while we've got our premium sold, we're going to hit a max profit, get exercised out, and we'll move on to the next trade. If it goes up when the premium, when we're waiting to sell the next premium, leg into the next premium, we'll just let it go. And we'll let it go as high as it can go and take the profit then. If it goes down with our protective option in place, we're going to let the protective option go until we, you know, uh, till it caps out. And we're going to take all that money. And the key is, is if it's not in place, we'll just get stopped out. It's called getting bailed out. So no matter what happens here, whether I collect incomes, whether I let it go to the top side or whether I let it go to the bottom side, I win. Yeah, that's great. And so does the, does the earnings date, I mean, it almost sounds like th there's, you know, you don't even have to pay attention to the earnings releases. So the reason why I like to pay attention to the earnings releases is, again, if the earnings release sends this stock on a wild either down or up, especially if I haven't accumulated one or two you know, cycles of premiums, well, that's going to catch me by surprise. It's going to end the trade, and I won't have had a chance to collect enough premiums to, to make this trade worth my while. So I do, when I'm starting out my positions... I do tend to look at those earnings seasons to see if there's any sort of volatility. And if there is, I'll move on to a different symbol uh, until the time comes where I can be in this for a couple months without having to worry about that surprise. Once I'm in a position, once I'm in a premium position for a couple of months, I've collected so much rent, if you will, for renting out the stock that at that point, if earnings catches me by surprise, it's a non, you know, non-issue. I've already collected enough rent off of renting off the stock that I'm going to walk away with a profit. It's those first couple of months that I like to be a little bit more conservative. Sure. And so is this one of the positions that you and the members of Trading Trainer, your Thursday night um, you know, mastermind? Is this something that you guys were discussing yesterday? We didn't discuss it yesterday. We discussed it back in June. That's how oh, wow. soon. So we already knew about this. This was on our radar. In fact, people have brought it back up and we said, hey, go back and take a look at the June replay because we already had it on our radar and we've been trading it ever since. I mean, those look like some very strong support and resistance. So in order to break through one of those, I imagine something very significant has to happen at American Airlines. And like we said, and if at this point, now that we've just collected one set of premiums, you can see my cost basis right now is down at this level here. If it were to break through one of those lines at this point, we'd make profit either way. It's just about a risk-free trade. Another thing that I noticed with this is the the price of the stock. Mattel was roughly around $20. This one's at around $20 as well. And it seems like a sweet spot again. Well, one of the reasons why $20 is a nice place is for people with smaller portfolios, right? Because we got to do these, and a lot of people have to understand this, options are sold in lots of 100, right? So we have to, when we're doing any sort of our strategies, whether it be a, a, a diagonal, which is what we often do, or a covered call, covered put, we have to do things in share lots of 100. So when you see a price of, 
you know, $18, $19, $20, you're actually thinking about investments of $2,000, right? 20 times 100. So, you know, people who have portfolios around 5,000 to 10,000, that's going to fit right into their sweet spot. But, um, you know, you could go higher if you have a bigger portfolio. That's no big deal. Yeah. So uh, is there, are there any other symbols? Um, I saw that Snapchat had earnings yesterday and that brought the whole market down. All the social medias were getting killed. Um, any thoughts? I got to tell you, those type of symbols, the ones that are kind of like the high flyers, the one that everybody's interested in. My team and I aren't interested in. We like boring stocks, right? We like boring companies, boring ETFs, the ones where we've got, if you can imagine like an avatar, sometimes I tell my folks to think about who would be the typical person interested in this symbol, right? And so you close your eyes and you think about who, would, and you want that like, not, not, not to, this is not a negative on anybody, but you kind of want that old geezer who's putting his money into the market who just wants to collect some dividends right or that really conservative family who's not look you're not looking for like the young folks on robin hood that are uh throwing up uh gamestop and things like that because that's gonna you know that's a whole different option strategy that we can talk about on another show but for selling premium kind of the mellow stuff that we're doing where we're just collecting five six even 10 twelve percent per month on our investments I mean we 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 kind of do one of these to that thing right we like get away from us yeah the symbols I, we like are those boring ones like American Airlines yeah um another question I had for you was um Bitcoin just released their ETF, right? And so I was curious whether you can still uh, implement your same strategy to ETFs. Absolutely. So long as the ETF is optionable, right? So we got to wait a little bit because the ETF has yet to actually, you know, there's some news about it. We got to see it launch and we got to see if it becomes optionable. Things have to be optional. We found some symbols like uh, the way that our calls work on Thursdays is I ask all the folks who show up and, you know, we've got an active group now of over 400. But on any particular Thursday, we have somewhere between 50 and 100 people show up. And we ask them to send us, you know, type into the chat area the symbols that they'd like us to, you know, look at and perhaps uh, put on the list for our favorite of the week. And uh, we found so many people were putting in so many symbols last night that had wonderful tradable patterns, but didn't have the options on them to do what we want to do. And that's the key, right? Options give us so much flexibility that it's... uh, it's mind blowing, right? Because options allow us to profit 27 different ways on the patterns that we see. And so if you see a pattern and all you're doing is trading the ETF or the stock, what can you do? Well, you can buy it and hope that it goes up in price, or you could short it and hope it goes down in price. But those are the only two patterns. You get two ways to trade an ETF, a stock, Forex, foreign exchange currency, commodities. There's only two ways, up or down. Options give us the flexibility to trade them 27 different ways, right? And so if you want to take advantage of kind of the the stuff that we see where 
you know, you now have the flexibility, whatever you see. If you see sideways choppy, trade it. If you see up now, trade it. If you see down now, trade it. If you just want to profit on time, trade it. If you think that there's going to be all of a sudden an increase of fear and uncertainty in the market, trade it. There's 27 different ways, and that's why people are attracted to the options, right? Uh, because you you can get a little bit, and I, I hate to say this because I think you should be meticulous at both, but you can get a little bit of sloppier on pattern recognition because you have so many different ways to utilize the pattern for profits and uh, and reduce risk on the on the opposite side. Yeah, I'm curious to see the whole crypto uh, getting into the regulated markets and how that's going to you know affect things on the long term. I know you've been you know in crypto for a while too, but that's not what yeah. you bring into the trading trainer strategy. But maybe in the next couple of weeks, couple of months, there might be some you know opportunities. I will never say never. I mean, you know, the way what has happened in the maturity of options with, you know, different size contracts, like they call the mini contracts that only have 10 shares instead of 100 shares. Uh, they've also got, you know, the weeklies, all the expiration dates. They, you know, it's just mind blowing. But, you know, you stick to your, you know, what you know best. You know, you have to watch out when you're uh, an investor or a beginning investor because you can get really caught up in shiny object syndrome. And so what my advice is, is pick something that makes the most sense for your lifestyle. What And not your lifestyle, your dream lifestyle, what you expect the lifestyle to be in the future, but your lifestyle right now right because i've had people come to me because we've got a couple of different programs at trading trainer one of the programs is what we keep talking about which is our premium selling program where we've got that uh pre-recorded workshop that people should check out i see the link on the screen right there but the uh we have also i've been training full-time options traders since 2003 and i have a lot of folks who are like i want to be a full-time options trader and I, I now put them through a questioning process. I'm like, well, can you, you know, act on a signal within a moment's notice like a full-time options trader? Or are you somebody who's like uh, busy during the day, right? Because that's not going to be your thing. If you miss a signal as a, you know, some of the trading strategies and you don't take it, that could mean huge risk for you. So, you, you, you really have to evaluate what can you do right now? How much active investing can you do and fit the, you know, fit what you're going to learn to that and then try to filter out all the noise. But I think coming back to your point about crypto, man, crypto, th that's not going away. And so, and, and especially when, you know, the SEC gives an ETF over to Bitcoin I mean, now you've got all sorts of things going away. I know we, we had a lot of news recently about uh, China not uh, allowing, uh, I don't know to what degree, I guess it's the use of Bitcoin. China used to be the biggest mining you know, country with the biggest miners. So I don't know what all that means, you know, whatever. Uh, but, you know, there's, I don't, it's not going away. And so we might as well just embrace it and not, you know, embrace it, see how we can profit off of it. That's how I do everything. Yeah, that was kind of the big news this week, it seemed like. Um, also, what I was curious about is I, I saw two 
interesting IPOs that came out. And so I guess it's similar to the ETFs where um, once an IPO goes public, there's a time delay on when the options will start trading. Is that correct? Yeah. And when the liquidity will build. So the other thing you got to, everybody has to remember is, you know, like a stock or an ETF issues shares that then people can trade in the marketplace. But a uh, option, we create the liquidity, right? The Options Industry Council sets up a framework and says, hey, these are the standardized option legal contracts that we have that you guys can use to trade amongst yourselves so that you don't have to go hire a lawyer to write option contracts. But, and here's the marketplace to trade these contracts on, but it's up to you to write, you know, when we say writing covered calls, what that means is, is we are creating the option liquidity that people are going to be trading back and forth. When we write puts, we're I'm creating an option that then will get traded at who knows, 10, 15, 20 times before it expires by buyers and sellers. So this liquidity comes from the actual traders. And if there's no liquidity, right, nobody's written an option then it's very difficult to go and buy and sell. You'll go to the marketplace. And that's what one of the things that we teach people to do, right? In our program, we teach people how to evaluate the liquidity because you don't want to be the only person say, you know, raise your hand at one point, say, I'll buy it. And some, you know, somebody's like, okay, I'll write it because you seem to be really excited. And then you've got the option. And you're like, yeah. And then it goes up in price and you're like, who wants to, you know, I want to sell this. Who wants to buy this? And there's nobody. And then you're stuck with this thing. It's worth a lot, but nobody's nobody's going to buy it. So one of the things when you know you're dealing with options is you have to think about the liquidity. Now, I have a I'm not going to brag, but I have a larger portfolio, and so I have to really pay attention to liquidity. That's why you see me always talking about the monthly options. It's because the monthly options have been around for 30 plus years, 40 years in the case of calls. And so people are comfortable with them. They trade them all the time and there's a lot of liquidity. So with me, with my bigger trade sizes, I'm not going to get caught into a situation where I want to buy or sell something and there's nobody there to buy or sell from. But um, if you have a smaller portfolio than the weekly options, which are they've only been around in some cases 10 years or less. And so they're not as popular. There's not as much liquidity. So when I go in there, I'm like a big fish and I can like move the market. I don't want to do that. I want to be the little guy because I just want to do my trade and ride on the coattails of the big guys. So I don't know if that makes sense, but the scoop is, is liquidity is where it's at. And we got to watch that for options. So when we have a new IPO, when we have an ETF, we have to wait not only for the options to be, you know, the options framework to be created, but we also have to wait for people to get excited about it and start trading it. Yeah. And one of the IPOs was uh, a famous uh, Chicago restaurant chain, Portillo's. I don't know if you've ever been to Portillo's or heard of it, but it's it's famous in Chicago. And so when I saw them go public, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. You're a um, Chicago boy through and through, aren't you? And good for them. And then on Bloomberg, they like put up the the a chart of like their top sales. And it was like Italian beefs, like number one, their number one product is the sale of Italian beef. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see that. And the other one was WeWork, right? I don't know if you've uh -huh. ever been to a WeWork or worked at oh, a yeah. WeWork. There's one, there's one right here where I'm at. And they've been in their own drama the last couple of years oh, due my to God. The, the shutdown and all that. And and so for them to go finally go public, it's like, okay, are you guys going to figure it out? Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And it's been interesting because WeWork has been capitalizing a lot on uh retailers that are getting kind of run out of the show by Amazon and by elect uh, you know e-retail um and so WeWork's been taking over and doing partnerships with them at discounts for some of their spaces in big cities so i've been paying attention to WeWork a lot too but yeah the pandemic pandemic hit them hard and so i've been interested in that ipo the thing you got to remember about options is options their predominant use is by big hedge fund traders to protect their trades, right? They're the ones who are, you know, if you look at the volume of options and their purpose. So if WeWork and Portello's starts to become something that gets the interest of big hedge fund traders, mutual fund traders, pension fund traders, the big guys, then they're going to start creating some option liquidity because they always protect themselves, right? So We'll watch the space carefully as these shows continue. Yeah, for sure. Um, and as as you mentioned, for anybody that's new in the audience that is interested in learning more about Trading Trainer, AJ's course, AJ's methodology, I highly encourage to go check out that that workshop. Um, it's free. It's It should be very informative. And as always, um, feel free to leave any comments on the video. Um, on social media. I know AJ does a really good job trying to get back to everybody. And I'm, I, you know, I, I think that's, you know, a good, a good end to the week there, AJ. You got any, any final words? No, I, I, there's a couple of tickers that I think people should check out. I definitely think they should keep looking at Mattel. I definitely think they should look at American airlines. Look at all the airlines right now. Maybe, maybe skip Southwest for now. Uh, Southwest has been too much in the news. Remember, if you're going to sell premium, look for boring symbols, right? Symbols that aren't in the news, symbols you think about. Just look around your house at some you know, products that you think are boring, Procter & Gamble, things like that. Those are the one you might want to focus on and see if you can't do some of these strategies that I'm talking about. Go watch that workshop. You'll get an idea of exactly what the heck I'm talking about. I go into some great detail there and then Come be part of our Thursday night calls. We'd love to have you. That's right. That's right. All right, AJ. Well, those are fine ending words. Um, I know that you're on the verge of of having having your your kid. Yeah. Is it, could that could that happen any day, any moment? It's any day. My first first baby girl coming any day now. We'll see. That's ex that's exciting. Um, hopefully. You know, we can uh, share with the with the audience at some point, um, you know, the, the little mini AJ, right? The future of, of options trading. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, all right, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, AJ. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing everyone next week. Have a good weekend, everyone. Take care. Thank you for tuning into the AJ Brown Show. If you're interested in learning more about AJ and his investing techniques, Head on over to tradingtrainer.com and create your free account today. And if you're not already a subscriber to the show, 
hit that subscribe button and we'll get you fresh content daily.